today on Broadway for Wednesday, October 16th, 2019. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we have such a busy show today, including a hot-off-the-press breaking news item, which is why we're coming to you so late today. But before we dive into all that news, of course, I have to remind you to head on over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio. As always, so appreciative of your support. James, do you have any Patreon-related updates for us this week? Well, after last week's show, when I said uh, broadwayradio slash Patreon... Mm-hmm. Um, Oh. I made that work. I made <laughs> did, that work. Did so, you? So yeah, you go to Broadway Radio slash Patreon in case you get it backwards. It, I it'll work like it. So that's the big that's the big tech update of the week. Very exciting. It's the the tech update. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon all ends up any, at the same place. Any way you want to have it. That's right. All right, let's uh, move into our yes. 8 a.m. breaking news. So, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire musical to open on Broadway this April. Yes, indeed. We are coming so late today, as I said, James, because as this episode is dropping, so is a Broadway show announcement. The highly anticipated Mrs. Doubtfire musical will open on Broadway this spring at the Stephen Sondheim Theater. The principal cast will be led by Rob McClure in the title role, also known as Daniel Hillard, not just Mrs. Doubtfire, which he will reprise from the upcoming world premiere that will be at Seattle's Fifth Avenue Theater starting on November 26th. Also starring will be Jen Gambatiz, Brad Oscar, Annalise Scarpacci, Jake Ryan Flynn, Avery Sell, Jay Harrison Key, Mark Evans, Charity Angel Dawson, and Peter Bartlett. Further casting will be announced at a later date. The musical features a book by Carrie Kirkpatrick and John O'Farrell with music and lyrics by Wayne and Carrie Kirkpatrick, the Tony Award-nominated team behind Something Rotten, which McClure starred in as a replacement. And the legendary Jerry Zaks will direct. Previews will begin on Monday, March 9th, 2020, in advance of an official opening night on Sunday, April 5th, 2020. American Express pre-sale begins today, I repeat, today. And tickets will go on sale to the general public on November 1st. James, this is one of those shows I think Matt and I have talked about where we've kind of teased we expected a Broadway announcement soon. I'm still a little surprised we're getting this before the world premiere even officially starts up. I personally have that kind of same trope complaint that I do have with Tootsie, but I'm hoping you know, the Kirkpatrick and O'Farrell uh, can fix it a bit. But Mrs. Doubtfire has always been one of my favorite movies since I was a kid. I think McClure has some very big shoes to fill, uh, which is another reason why I'm kind of surprised we're getting an announcement pre-premiere. So... Not sure what to expect with this, other than I'm sure he will be very closely watched when this comes to Broadway. So I have all faith in Rob McClure. Yeah, Uh, love Rob McClure. Very interesting that this is going to go into the Sondheim. Yes. Um, Agreed. So, Especially because we, uh, yeah, when we were waiting on uh, several previous shows to be announced, including Company, there were... 
rumors that company would go into the Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. There's been rumors that other shows would go into the Stephen Sondheim. This is certainly not what I expected. And again, didn't necessarily expect an announcement so soon, though I think Matt was kind of, again, teasing that it might come the last week or this week. So it's interesting. I, uh, uh, are, you, are you a Mrs. Doubtfire fan? Uh, that movie, yes, I absolutely yeah. am, and I'm looking forward to seeing this. I mean, it sounds like a, a great group of people that I, I'm a fan of. Everybody involved with this, uh, you know, my big, you know, unrelated to this production question mm-hmm. is 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 that is Roundabout Theater Company really looking to make the Sondheim just as a landlord or yeah. as a place that they produce stuff? A very interesting so question. Interesting. We're gonna have to wait to see, I guess. Yeah, especially um, with with stuff going on at Studio Fifty Four. Where you know, where is Roundabouts going to uh, do their do their uh, musicals? Mm, I guess yeah. That's considering they're busy with plays over at other venues, including American yeah. Airlines Theater, American which Airlines. including a show that opened last night. Which, but you tell us about the Rose Tattoo. All right, so the Rose Tattoo opened on Broadway on the Tuesday evening, and it's been a very busy week, as discussed on Monday's show, with four openings this week, not one, not two, not three, but four. And this first happened last night as Roundabout Theater Company's revival of Tennessee Williams, the Rose Tattoo opened at the American Airlines Theater. Trip Coleman and Marissa Tomei stars with Alvaro... Whoa. What is that last <laughs> Mangia name? Mangia Cavallo? Mangiacavallo in the production Aren't of the you 19- Italian? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the 1951 play following a widow who rekindles her desire for love in the arms of a fiery suitor. Unfortunately, the production's reviews most mostly look the same, praising Tomei and not so much anything else. So uh, let's talk about David Rooney, the Hollywood mm. Reporter. He writes... Uh, Talented actors are either wasted like Cassie Beck as a spinsterish schoolteacher. Yes. (laughs) Spinsterish schoolteacher or misused in arch characterizations uh, like Benko, Shulman, and Greg Hildreth as the traveling salesman who inadvertently brings Alvaro crashing into Serafina's broken life. Newcomers Ruben and Swanson are, are adequate at Best ouch as the young lovers making that subplight uninvolving dwaddle. But the actors are less likely to blame their busy direction, which falls to create a unified whole out of the play, lurching from tragedy to turgid melodrama to opera buffer. So it's hard to share Serafina's rediscovery and her joy and sensuality in a clumsy production that strips her of the only dignity and meaning Williams intended. So, David Rooney, not, not, uh, not, not, some not words a fan. There. Not a fan, yeah. Yeah. Alexis Solosky over at The Guardian says, Past productions have starred actors with a heft of gravitas, women who may have given the gags of somewhere weightier to land. Tomei is a lighter flightier presence, sensuous and delightful, and she plays even the darkest moments brightly on, in on the joke. She and Elliot have great fun together, but they don't sell sex as life-affirming. It looks effortful and cheap. The whole cast screams and flails and races around the Mark Wentland set, which scrambles any sense of indoors and outdoors 
in something like an orgasmic frenzy. The plastic flamingos look on unmoved. <laughs> it's probably my favorite uh, last line yeah. of a review. So, uh, yeah, that's, now, uh, that's... It's looking like uh, that might not be uh, the favorites out there. Uh, uh, mm. Adam Feldman over Time Out New York, he uh, gives it three out of five stars. Uh, we are Sicilians and now Serafina Del Rose has... Yes. Uh, the young man has come to court her teenage daughter. We are not cold-blooded. That's putting it mildly. Tennessee Williams' 1951 oddity, The Rose Tattoo, is set in a community of Italian immigrants on the Gulf Coast of Louisiana, and their passion runneth over. A dressmaker of a peasant stock, Serafina pours her soul into the worship of two idols, the Virgin Mary, who she maintains a candlelit household shrine, and her viral husband, Rosario, whose uncle was barren in the old country but now drives a truck for the local mob. So, uh, Adam Feldman uh, goes on to say the rose tattoo gets more pleasurable as it opens into bloom. Tomei is mm. not ideally cast as Serafina. Her lightness works against her, and her first act is thick with Italian accents and gesticulation. Mm. Sort of my cousin Vinny thing happening there. So, yeah. <laughs> but so my that cousin is Vinny is perfect, the, so no slander. It is. Yes. It is, and there should be a musical of that, shouldn't there? I, you know, you don't need to spoil a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's very disappointing. And of course, not the reviews they were looking for. Roundabout's production choices are always so hit or miss. This is a weird one for me. It's not a particularly interesting play. And it's in a season and a current timeline of shows where it's not even close to the most interesting show being produced on Broadway. Even the praise for Tomei in this is kind of backhanded in some cases. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what is this running till again? This is uh, it's a limited engagement. Uh, December 8th. December 8th. So, I mean, yes. they, don't, they don't have to stretch it, at least, very far. Uh, Brantley just came in with a review. Uh, Marissa Tomei braves a typhoon in the Rose Tattoo. Trip Coleman's unmoored production of this atypical comedy from Tennessee Williams presents a sexual attraction as a raging force of nature. So he seems to like Marissa oh, Tomei. Yeah. Let's see. You thought the tropical storms were disrupted? The Italian-Americans living among the Gulf Course and the... Gulf Coast in the Roundabout Theater's untethered revival of Tennessee Williams' The Rose Tattoo are really up against the elements, and so are the actors playing them. But nothing's as palpable as a hurricane that keeps knocking them off balance, making them flail like sandpipers in a heavy wind. To understand what's sweeping through this production, which opened at the American Airlines Theater on Tuesday with a cast led by a valiant Marissa Tomei, listen to the words of... Asunanta, the old wise Sicilian signora. Mm -hmm. There is something wild in the air in the play's opening moments. No wind, but everything is moving. She adds that she can hear the noises of the stars. So, uh... You get the you get the like, yeah, yeah, you get the times, at least. So, I think yeah. they'll, they'll be safe. <laughs> 
they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll live December another, 8th. They'll live know. another day through their very, very limited engagement. All right. Tell us about last week's grosses. Yeah, it was a great week, James. Thanks to the holiday weekend, Broadway's bottom line had its best week since June, pulling in $35,212,990 last week, up 17%, or a little over $5 million from the previous frame. The grosses were so good, James, that only a single show had a red number last week, which was MTC's The Height of the Storm, dipping about $2,300. The Great White Way did add one new show to the boards as Tina, the Tina Turner musical, had a single preview last week, but it was a strong one, bringing in $2 short of $213,000 in its one performance. Wicked had the biggest increase on the boards, picking up an extra $531,786 over the previous week. They were followed by American Utopia, which gained nearly four hundred k going from three to six performances. Then Beetlejuice and Mean Girls also added more than $300,000. As always, Hamilton was the top grocer, getting back above $3 million at $3,090,992, thanks to a record-breaking week. To Kill a Mockingbird claimed the second-place slot with $2.2 million, just a couple thousand ahead of The Lion King and Moulin Rouge. Those shows were followed by Wicked, Ain't Too Proud, Hadestown, Aladdin, Cursed Child, Beetlejuice, The Book of Mormon, Dear Evan Hansen, The Phantom of the Opera, Frozen, Come From Away, Mean Girls, and Beautiful, all in seven figures. Despite strong reviews, Second Stage's Linda Vista was the lowest grossing show of the week, pulling in $168,000. The Lightning Thief, which opens tonight, was the lowest grossing musical, other than Tina, obviously, at $325,442, or 38% of its gross potential. So that's going to be very interesting to see after it opens and after we get to see those reviews. Uh, But, you know, a a very strong week, and it's it's kind of a weird time right now, James. We're mid-October, and the grosses are... uh, stronger than they've been in a bit. Yeah. You know, I think that we have um, some really big, strong things going on right now. Uh, I mean, we have so many. So much so. I mean, you have the, you have, aside from the Hamiltons mm-hmm. and the Wicked's the and the Lion Kings, you have the Hades Towns and yes. you have the Moulin Rouges and yes. the Dear Evan Hansen's and well, maybe oh, dear Evan Hansen. I don't know if they're pulling in the the big numbers that these other things are. So I, I wonder I'm still if they're pulling in seven figures. So yeah. So uh, I I wonder you know if we're uh, yeah, we're bamboozled by the numbers because we have such such really uh, big numbers coming in from a mm-hmm. lot of shows. Spoiled beyond so. belief. Yeah, it's a uh, you know. Uh, it, 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 the flip side of this is that uh, the average uh, theater goer—it's it's really hard to, for them to get to a bunch of shows because mm-hmm. it's a very, very expensive evening. And very exp- that is something I could talk about for days, but we don't have the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, so let's move forward into our next story. 
Maria Tzia will lead what the Constitution means to me in Los Angeles and Chicago. Yeah. Tony Ward uh, nominee Maria Tzia will star in the first two stops of the national tour of Heidi Schreck's What the Constitution Means to Me, directed by Oliver Butler. Tzia will perform the lead role in Los Angeles at the Mark Taper Forum and Chicago at the Broadway Playhouse, where she'll be joined by the original Broadway cast members Mike Iverson and Rosdeli Ciprian. Says Shrek of... Says Shrek of the new star, I have loved and admired Maria for many years, and I consider it a huge gift to have an actor of her tremendous talent giving new life to this play. I'm thrilled to be bringing Constitution to the audiences across the country with this brilliant and generous artist at the helm. Additional cities and new casting for the remainder of the tour will be announced this winter. God, I am so excited for the country to see this show. And, you know, I've gushed about Heidi Shrek being you know, a genius in the past, the show being so universal for women in particular and Heidi writing it as such where it doesn't have to be Heidi performing. It can be Heidi and Maria or whoever. It just allows it to dive deeper into what the show means to the individual and to the whole at the moment. And I can't wait to hopefully see it again on one of the tour stops. I hope it comes a little bit closer than Chicago and a little bit further out. <laughs> All right. So what do we have in other news? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Wrapping up this busy news day, James, we have a handful of projects to discuss. First up, the world premiere of the Back to the Future musical has found its Dr. Emmett Brown. Tony Award winner Roger Bart will play the role made famous by Christopher Lloyd in the film trilogy. The musical will open at the Manchester Opera House on February 20th, 2020, for a strictly limited 12-week run before it transfers to the West End and probably Broadway after. Bart will join the previously announced Ollie Dobson as Marty McFly, Hugh Coles as George McFly, Roseanne Highland as Lorraine Baines, and Cedric Neal as Goldie. James, gotta say, as someone expressly in doubt of so many of these screen-to-stage adaptations, I think Bart is a great choice for this role. Always a great character actor, always great at playing more than slightly off-the-wall characters, so I'll be very excited to see his take on the character. Continuing in casting news, a pair of major actors have been added to the previously announced site-specific fun home reading starring Jen Colella and Caitlin Kanunen. Will Swenson and Kate Baldwin will join the show, playing Bruce and Helen, respectively. Additionally, twin actors Noel and Lennon... Nate Hammond and Pearson Salvador will play the young young Bechdel children. Georgia Stitt will music direct the reading, which will take place at the Upper West Side's Plaza Jewish Community Chapel on December 19th. Already announced yesterday, the world premiere of Alexis Shear's comedy, Our Dear Dead Drug Drug Lord, which has already extended once, will extend again. The play was recently announced to play through October 27th. The production will now conclude its limited run on November 3rd at Off-Broadway's McGinn Cazell Theatre. And finally, James, wrapping up with the word of the day, which is now and always Grease. The forthcoming streaming service HBO Max has ordered the musical spinoff Grease Rydell High to series. The show will be inspired by the movie and movie musical of the same name and will be set in the 1950s when the pink ladies and the T-birds still rule the school, featuring some characters you already know and a whole lot more you will soon meet. 
HBO Max will launch around the end of the year, so assuming, assumedly the series will be released maybe mid to early 2020. But I know a lot of people are already kind of dream casting and trying to predict who of those familiar characters will be included, James. Personally, if there's no Rizzo, I riot. <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to... We're gonna have to see if they uh, use Cool Rider as their uh, <laughs> as their mantra. Yes, we gotta include some grease too. Otherwise, it's just not complete. He's got the cool. Bring on, ooh, bring on rider. some Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Oh, exactly. Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. She's got faucets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ashley. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio and. If you haven't already, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio to back us, or as James said earlier, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram yes. at no, this is Ashley. James, how about you get us on out of here? And my name is James Marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us, and uh, I think Ashley and I will be back again tomorrow to talk to you on Thursday. All right. Yeah.